Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm really honored to be here today. Today's show is about total and unconditional self-acceptance. So something I felt really called to talk about. And um, I'm excited to, for this topic. And joining me today, too, is the fabulous Lori Richens. Lori does our Family First segment. Um, Lori, I'm actually going to bring you on uh, right now just to introduce yourself and tell people a little bit more about who you are and what you're up to in the world before we get into the discussion on unconditional self-acceptance. Lori, go ahead. You're going to have to unmute yourself. Okay, are we good? Great. I am so pleased to be with you again, Allison. And um, you have actually been such an important catalyst in my life to get my message out about the importance of family. So I do a family segment, of course, family first segment regularly on your show. I am the owner of a business called Whole Family Mentoring, where I help families and individuals heal and feel whole again. I personally came from a lot of brokenness and a lot of abuse, so I had to learn a new way to produce a healthy, happy family, so I help other people do the same, and uh, I was a, a candidate for office not long ago for state representative, and that is where I really honed in on my message and realized that most of the ills in society are connected to dysfunctional families, so I help people to learn how to communicate with their children or how to heal difficult relationships. And, uh, and so um, that's primarily um, what I do uh, besides being a mother of seven children and being married at length with, uh, to my husband. And um, so thank you for having me here today. Well, I'm so excited to have you, Lori. And we'll bring Lori back on a little bit later. I think uh, Lori's story is so profound, and I'm really glad to have her here because she does come from this background where she had um, certain abuse and things happen that weren't ideal growing up. And it's really important, I think, in, in self-acceptance to learn how to accept these situations that are less than ideal in our life. So we'll talk about that a little bit more and how Lori's been able to accept those situations, accept herself, and be able to move forward in helping her family um, learn from the experiences she, she has had. But first of all, let's talk about unconditional self-acceptance. What does it mean to be unconditionally self-accepting? <laughs> and and here's, here's what I've determined. I've pondered a lot on this recently, and the downloads that I've gotten is in order to be unconditionally self-accepting, that means we accept the good parts of us, and we accept the parts that we don't always think are good, and we learn to see everything about us as being part of who we are and perfectly a part of our being so that we can love ourselves. So that includes our shadow sides. That includes the things that we don't like about ourselves, that other people don't like about ourselves, the things that we tell ourselves. So maybe right now in your mind, think, what do you tell yourself? So for example, when I was growing up, I just feel a lot. I feel so much. And because I feel so much, my emotions are heightened. So if I feel happy, I just feel ecstatic amounts of joy. But if I feel sad, it sometimes it over, overwhelms my emotion and, and my tear ducts show that as tears streaming are down, down my face. And when I was younger, 
the message that I took on was that I'm too emotional. That became the part that I didn't accept or didn't like about myself. And it was really interesting because going into my uh, teens and my 20s, I totally shut that part of me off. I said, I don't like that part. I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to build these walls around myself because I'm too emotional. I want to hide that part. So think about right now, what are the parts that you feel like you have to hide or the parts of you that you aren't, aren't, haven't been willing to accept about yourself? What are those parts about you? Another part about me that it took me a long time to embrace was my sexuality and feeling like I was okay with being a sexual being. Um, and for years, you know, this was inside my marriage. I still felt guilty. I felt bad. I felt like women shouldn't be sexual or I shouldn't have these sexual feelings or sexual thoughts because they weren't good or they weren't pure. And even though it was in, you know, a marriage for a while, or even though it was in relationships, I felt like this was a bad part of me and I needed to pretend like I wasn't this sexual being. So what are those parts for you that you feel like you can't accept about yourself? And those are the parts that you really need to work on accepting about yourself. And we'll talk a little bit later about how to do that. But the first step is always recognition. When it comes to unconditional self-acceptance, recognize what are the parts of you right now that you aren't willing to accept or you aren't willing to embrace. So that's the first part of unconditional self-acceptance. Number two, this plays into unconditional self-acceptance. That is our situations that we're in. If we can't accept our situations, then oftentimes we can't accept ourselves. So think about this. Think about the situations that you've been in before that have been not the ideal situation, not the situation that you've expected to be in. And how did that cause you to not accept yourself? So for me, one of the things that has been hard for me is when I was younger, I had this vision in my mind, like I was going to get married and I was going to be married forever. And I was going to have this family and my husband and I were going to be super happy. And we were going to raise these kids and we were going to grow old together and ride these tandem bicycles and go and visit our grandkids. And I had this idea in my mind of what this life situation was going to look like. Well, over the course of my life, it became apparent after being married for 20 years that this marriage was no longer serving, that this marriage, I wasn't happy, he wasn't happy, it was time to graduate and move on. But a lot of the pain and, and a lot of the things that caused me not to accept myself during that divorce and during that transition was the fact that I was still hanging on to this situation. I was still hanging on to the idea of what my life should look like. I was still hanging on to this feeling that, you know, I wanted this perfect family and I wanted to be married to their dad forever and I wanted to grow old and it caused a lot of disappointment and I started to resent myself. Why couldn't I make this work? Why couldn't I make this happen? I started to think about all the little things that were wrong about me that caused the situation to be wrong. And it's really interesting because it's taken me a while to step into this space where I realized that this is actually the perfect part of my life. This was supposed to happen. This is where I'm supposed to be right now. And when I really think about it, he's happier. My kids are happier. I'm happier. But because I had this situation in my mind that I wasn't accepting how my situation was currently, it was causing this unconditional non-self-acceptance, right? <laughs> Non-unconditional self-acceptance, I should say. So, and then the third piece of that is 
in order to be unconditionally self-accepting, we need to be able to honor other people and show unconditional acceptance for them as well. So three components. We need to show unconditional self-acceptance for ourselves. We need to show unconditional acceptance for our situation and unconditional acceptance for other people in our life. And when we can do those three things, it causes this beautiful space where we can now totally accept where we are. So close your eyes for just a moment. If you're listening to this, close your eyes for just a moment, a moment. Imagine if, imagine if you lived in a space where you never doubted, you never doubted the choices you made in life, never doubted yourself. You were able to feel like every choice that you've made has led you to where you are today. And that was the perfect choice for you. Imagine that you were able to unconditionally accept all the people in your life, that you knew that every person in your life was playing a role and had a space. And instead of being frustrated with people, you were able to honor them with where they were. Imagine if every time you looked in the mirror, you could look at yourself with unconditional love and acceptance. How would your life be different? When I asked myself these questions, go ahead and open your eyes. When I asked myself these questions, the thought was I would be able to find peace and love in the space that I am in. And I would be able to radiate that peace and love out to other people because I was more peaceful and more loving. So just ask yourself if that's something that you want in your life, if you want to be able to live in that space. So I wanna talk about a couple of the other areas in my life where I've struggled with unconditional self-acceptance. And maybe you can relate to some of these, in fact, how many of you feel like you don't like what you see when you look in the mirror all the time? Have you ever felt that way? <laughs> like, like you looked in the mirror and you're like, oh, I've got a wrinkle here. I've got a zit here. Or my body doesn't look how I want it to look, right? And I remember being in this space. I, as a teenager, I struggled a lot with acne. And Rather than loving myself and just accepting that this was part of life, I tried to hide it so hard. I would cake makeup on. And I remember being about 14 or 15 years old. And one time my, my brother had a friend over that I didn't know about. My brother was close to my age and I was in, you know, I was in junior high at the time and I didn't have my makeup on and I came downstairs and I was mortified. I couldn't believe that somebody would see me without my makeup on. I remember immediately hiding my face because I felt like such a monster. I felt like if somebody saw my zits and my pimples on my face, that they wouldn't love who I was. And I remember running upstairs and quickly putting on this makeup, all this foundation, this cover up, so that I could go back downstairs again and actually feel like I could be seen. What ended up happening was this then morphed into my, into my 20s. I still struggled a little bit with acne. In fact, it wasn't until my early, well, probably my mid-30s that I actually let another human being see me without makeup on besides my husband. Like it was, it was that late in my life. It was that long that I carried this feeling that who I was inside was somehow being judged or a reflection of how I looked on the outside. And 
it, I remember being in my 20s and this kind of carried over into a body issue. I remember looking in the mirror. I couldn't stand closer than five feet away from the mirror. And when I looked at myself in the mirror, I would cross my eyes a little bit. So I was a little bit out of focus because every time I looked at myself, I would see every single little flaw and I would never look at myself naked. I would never participate in any kind of intimacy with the lights on because I felt like every single flaw in my body would be noticed. And this was a really hard way to live because I felt like I was a mask of who I really was on the inside. I felt like if I didn't look perfect, that people wouldn't love me for who I was. And what this creates is this feeling of if only they knew how I looked without makeup on, they wouldn't love me. If only if my husband at the time, if he saw the stretch mark or the little bit of cellulite or the little bit of fat on my body, then he wouldn't want me anymore. And that wasn't the truth, but this was the idea that I had in my head because I wasn't unconditionally accepting myself the way I was. And it affected my relationships because I couldn't really feel like I could open up to people. I couldn't really be real and raw with them because I'd be in a situation. And instead of focusing on what they were saying, instead of focusing on the connection, I would be focusing on this idea, what if they notice this sit? Or what if they notice this wrinkle? Or what if you know I have something in my teeth? Whatever it was, I would get so obsessed and concerned about the presentation and how I was looking that I sacrificed the connection. I sacrificed the connection. And so I didn't have that deep, as deep a connected relationship with my husband as I could have had. I didn't have these deep and connected friendships. And just last night, I realized how far I came. So I used to feel like I couldn't let people see me in the state of not being who I was, of, of seeing me in this less than perfect presentation. Last night, I was up camping um, with a couple of our high-end clients through the Legendary program. And these are people that look to me for guidance, that look to me as an example. And in the past, I would have felt like, well, I have to look perfect. I have to act perfect. I have to be perfect for them. And as we were doing different processes, I started crying because remember I told you at the beginning of the show, I'm emotional and I started crying and I was crying so hard. I could feel my eyes swelling up and I knew my face was red and I was camping and you know, my hair was kind of messed up and I wasn't in the best clothes. And uh, my friend and client came over to me and she wanted to talk to me. And in the past I would have not done that. I would have, walked away from that connection because I did it. I would have been so concerned about how I looked. I would have felt so inadequate. But I said, this is who I am. And as she walked over and started having this discussion and we had this deep conversation, I felt so connected to her. And at the end, she said, Allison, I really appreciate that you would show me in this state, that you would show up for me that you would be here for me, even in your vulnerability. And she said, that's what I want to learn from you. 
how can I be vulnerable? How can I show up for these people that I'm teaching and guiding, even when I don't feel like I'm perfect, even when I don't feel like it? It's a beautiful learning experience. My other learning experience with this idea of accepting my body and my looks and the way I am, no matter how I am, is accepting that uh, I don't have to be perfect all the time. There's another story that I just wanted to share with you. I was, so I recently, I'm in a beautiful relationship with my soul partner. We recently moved in together. And during the move, it was right at the onset of coronavirus. And I've shared the story before. Some of you may have heard this, but I wanted you to hear this in the concept of unconditional self-acceptance. So we had just moved in together. It was right at the beginning of coronavirus. We were right in the middle of this huge 21-day challenge that we were doing for our program that had grown bigger than we could have ever imagined. So we were, we were trying to work as we were on the road and packing up. And it was a hard thing for me. I'd planted in Arizona. That's where, you know, my kids were at the time. And I felt a lot of emotion, but I didn't have time really to process it. And during this move, I got a sty in my left eye and my left eye just swelled up and it kind of looked disformed on my face. And during the middle of this 21 day challenge, I was interviewing these major people. One of the people I remember interviewing Sharon Lecter and Sharon Lecter is the co-author of uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She has been on two presidential advisory boards for education. She's just done amazing things in her life. She wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich for Women, owns the rights to the Think and Grow Rich series. Just a beautiful powerhouse woman. And I was bringing her and interviewing her to the hundreds of people on this event that we were doing. And I had the choice of showing up in wearing my glasses with my eyes swollen and no makeup on because I couldn't wear makeup and just showing up and doing the interview anyway or canceling the interview. And, and I decided I was going to show up and do the interview anyway. I decided that I was going to show unconditional self-acceptance for myself, for the situation. I couldn't help the sty in my eye and just show up the best way that I could. And because I did share and was able to share so many amazing things with our group. And during this time too, right after we moved into our house, after the 21 day challenge was over, I had one evening where we had some friends over and every emotion just came out, right? All the, the hardship for moving, the sadness, the stress of the 21 day challenge. And I was just, I was crying again because I'm emotional. I love that about myself now. <laughs> so I was crying and my face was swollen and my left eye was misshapen. And um, I remember going to, at a certain point and going to the bathroom and looking in the mirror and just thinking I looked like I was out of this horror movie. And just thinking, I'm going to sneak up to bed. I don't want anybody to see me. And just as I came out of the bathroom, my friend Tony came around the corner. He said, Allison, I want to witness you this way. I know you're feeling emotional. I know you've been through a lot. I just want to witness you. I want you to know that I'm there for you. And I said, no, Tony, I don't want that. I just want to go to bed. He said, I think you do. Just let me witness you. So after a while of arguing back and forth, I finally said, okay, Tony, I'll do it. And he came and he pulled me and sat me in front of the fireplace and just sat across from me and looked at me. And he said, I want you to know that I love you for who you are, not what you look like. That felt nice. That felt great to have this friend say that to me. And then he said, I think you need to see Gerald. You need to let Gerald see you this way. And I thought, oh, I do not want Gerald to see me this way. I want him to think that I'm the perfect woman, that I look amazing all the time, that I keep the house clean, that I take care of things, that I run the business, that I always show up in this 
beautiful way. You know, I have that picture in my mind of these 50 housewives in their heels and their <laughs> dresses and showing up and cleaning the house. And finally, after Tony persisted again, I said, okay, Gerald can come over. It took me a while, probably about 20 minutes. I hid my face in my lap before I looked up and he just looked in my face. And I remember him saying to me, Allison, I love you. I love you just the way you are. It doesn't matter to me what you look like on the outside. I love you for who you are. And you're beautiful to me this way. And he said, but it's not my love you're seeking. You have my love unconditionally. Do you have yours? It's your love you're seeking. And that's when I went into the bathroom and I got a chance to look at myself again because I knew he was right. And to sit with that and to find in my soul this place of total love and acceptance for myself, even though I didn't look beautiful in the moment, even though my hair didn't look perfect and my face was swollen and misshapen. And there was a part of me when I did that that was so happy inside. So finally, thank you for loving me no matter what. It was really beautiful. And you can have that too. Just where in your life are you not accepting yourself? Maybe it was that area of how you look on the outside. We'll talk about some other areas of self-acceptance. When we come back, we're going to go to commercial break now. And when we come back, more on self-acceptance and more from the beautiful, fabulous, and talented Lori Richens. You're listening to Spotlight. We'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. If you're just joining us today, we're talking about this idea of unconditional self-acceptance. What does it mean to unconditionally accept yourself? And on the first segment, I shared some of my experiences with 
not being able to accept myself physically and feeling like I was imperfect for a long time in my life and happy to report that I'm doing better. I I can't say that I'm 100% all the time on this unconditional self-acceptance, but I can say that I do let people see without makeup on. I do, uh, if I, if I feel like I want to connect with somebody and I don't feel like I'm looking my best and, and I'm perfect on the outside, I don't let that stand in my way of creating these deep connections with people. I don't let that stand in my way of being able to create the life I want. I don't let that hold me back anymore. Another area of unconditional self-acceptance that I see a lot of people struggle with and something that I've struggled with in the past is this idea, in order to be able to unconditionally accept yourself, you need to allow yourself to unconditionally accept others where they are. And there's this verse in the Bible that says, love thy neighbor as thyself. It's a commandment. Love thy neighbor as thyself. And it's an interesting concept because what I hear in that is that you can't fully love somebody else until you love yourself. And I think also the same is true. If you can't love somebody else, then you can't really love yourself. And think about where this has showed up in your life before. Think about where this has showed up in your life before. If you are feeling, let me ask you this question. If you're being judgmental of yourself, do you notice that you're more judgmental of other people? If you notice flaws about yourself, are you more likely to notice flaws about other people? And the same is true. If you're noticing flaws in other people, you're more likely to notice flaws in yourself. If you're being judgmental of other people, you're more likely to be judgmental of yourself. If you are conditionally or putting conditions on your acceptance of somebody else, then you're probably putting conditions of your acceptance on you. And this has really been, uh, I've learned this life lesson a lot lately. And where this big time, big time, big time shows up for me is as a mom. (laughs) So now my kids are older and I raise them a certain way. And of course, when your kids are younger, there are certain things that you don't accept. If your child's misbehaving, that's not something that you accept. It's something that you, you correct, but do you accept them as they are? And do you allow them that freedom, even as young children? And as my, my kids have gotten older, there's this idea. There's an idea of what I want them to do. There's an idea of who I want them to be. There's an idea of how I want them to live. There's this expectation. And write this down. The surest path to disappointment is creating expectation. The surest path to disappointment is creating expectation. Expectation, especially for other people because that's not what you control. Well, I expect them to do this. I expect them to treat me this way. I expect them to show up in this manner. And then when they don't, we get really disappointed. So I've asked myself a lot as a mother lately, how can I show up in unconditional acceptance for my children as they make choices that are maybe different than I would make, or as they put themselves in situations that are different than I would want them to be in? Or um, one, one of the ways that this has really, really showed up for me is in my mind, moving here to Utah, having this relationship with Gerald, I had this expectation that 
all my kids would want to come here, that I'd create this home for them, that they would be happy, that they would unconditionally accept Gerald right away. And, and kind of this Brady Bunch picture in my mind. I call it the Clark Griswold syndrome. If any of you have seen any of the Clark Griswold movies, you know, Clark Gris Griswold is infamous for creating these unrealistic expectations or painting these perfect pictures and then things go wrong. I remember Christmas vacation, you know, he has this idea of his whole family getting together and having this amazing Christmas. And then, you know, somebody accidentally burns down the tree and then his cousins show up unexpectedly and they bring their dog and he eats the eat dinner, you know, and all these things go wrong. But because he's so attached to the expectation of how he wants things to look and the way he wants people to show up and how he wants them to behave, he can't enjoy himself. That's happened to me so many times. I find myself, I'm with my kids and I can't enjoy myself because they aren't showing up in a certain way. So recently my kids came to visit. And of course, some of my kids are, every child's different. And a couple of my kids have been struggling a, a more with the transition of me coming here. And first I was, I was, I was upset about it. I thought, well, they should accept Gerald. They should want to be here. They should, you know, want to come and, and be in my house. Why don't they? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? And I started having all these questions. And instead of enjoying myself when I was with them, I was just thinking about how I wished things would be different. And I realized very quickly that I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted to enjoy my time with them. And I took some deep time in meditation and reflection just to ask myself, what is it that they really want? What is it that they're feeling? And I, I remember asking the universe in prayer, asking God, please help me just to see my kids for who they are and love them for who they are. It was interesting because my one son that was being really stubborn and had set some boundaries, I called it stubborn when I was conditionally accepting him. I call it boundaries. He had set some boundaries. Hey, mom, this is what I'm comfortable with. And this is what I'm not. And as I looked at it from this different angle of just accepting him totally for who he was, I realized some of the things that were hard for him. I realized some of the struggles that he was going through. And I also realized that he was taking this big step because he loved me to be with me. And everything he was doing was because he loved me so much. And my whole perception shifted. And once I was able to step into the space of just honoring him completely for who he was, of accepting that he had certain boundaries, of showing up in love rather than expectation, we were able to have these deeply connected moments. And I realized that's what I really wanted. I thought that that connection would come through these family activities. I thought that connection would come in a certain way. But when I let go of those expectations and just focus on unconditionally accepting him from where he was, all of a sudden I felt this connection to him. All of a sudden we were able to have these moments where our relationship deepened. And that as a mother is what I really wanted. I really wanted that deep connected relationship. So I wanted Lori to chime in on this too, because she is the mother of seven children. Her, she has some older children. And Lori, how have you been able to unconditionally accept your children? First of all, let me ask you, have all your children always made all the choices you've wanted them to make and always showed up in the ways you wanted them to? Absolutely not. And it's a difficult thing when your children make choices that maybe you have 
so-called groomed them to choose in a different direction and yet they choose their own way. It's really, really natural for a parent to look at herself or himself and feel like maybe you failed. And um, so, yes, of course I've dealt with that. But um, I'd like to really address something that you said regarding your husband and the relationship that you had with him. Because I grew up with my mother in multiple marriages and I saw that neither party felt safe with the other person. There was a lot of suspicion. There was a lot of um, conduct that caused people not to feel um, like their, their relationship could be trusted or strengthened. And uh, so when I saw my husband and realized what a gentle, accepting, um, genuine soul he was, I felt very, very safe and I surrendered to that. But what I realized as time went on, you remember the old, it, was it a Bonnie Raitt song? There was an old song called Two, Eight, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. Have you heard that? Do you remember that back in the day? I wasn't a huge. I wasn't a huge country fan, but I think I remember. I think I know what song you're talking about. <laughs> it, it, it was actually more of a pop song, but um, I I realized what my expectations of myself were that were reasonable, and so I talked to my husband about this, and you might laugh a little bit about this, but I actually talked to him and I said, "Okay, honey, <clears throat> you can hope for three things at the end of the day." because I was a stay-at-home mom for most of the years I was raising my children. And I said, you can hope for three things. You can hope when you get home that dinner's going to be done. You can hope that our home is clean. And you can hope that I'm going to be in a good mood. Like, wouldn't that be wonderful, right? Yeah. But I said, you can only expect two at a time. Because if I've cleaned my house all day with children, I'm probably not going to be in a very good mood. And I'm, I'm probably going to be a bit more cranky. And so we actually had this agreement one with another that I could only function at a certain level and still be okay. And he was respectful of that. And he didn't expect me to be more than what I was. And coming from dysfunction, coming from brokenness and having to not only um, heal from the past, but create a foundation for the future, I constantly had double duty. And so one thing I was, you know, Elizabeth, my daughter, Elizabeth, she's here from Florida and we were talking at length. She and her husband and I, it was late. I have found that the most productive conversations that I have with my children are early in the morning or late at night. This was quite late and we were in a darkened room and we didn't even turn the lights on. We had just finished watching a movie and I laid on the table for her and for Caleb to hear a lot of the atrocities of what I experienced in my youth. Family secrets that are perpetuated through generations prevent us from having the pearls of our past. So I laid on the table the things that I heard, the things that I saw, the things that I experienced, and I said, please have mercy on me as a parent with all of my imperfections because this is from where I came this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Be patient with me as I'm trying to get there. And I honored and acknowledged all the good that she had become so much better than I was at that age and recognizing all of the power that she has that I didn't when I was her age. And so we don't want to pass on those secrets. You are revealing now what it felt like for you to be a mother or a wife 
and not feel like you could be unconditionally accepted. And I'm sure you're teaching your children to look for spouses where you're going to feel safe with each other and where it's not going to take years into a marriage or past a divorce before you find someone who can feel, um, uh, who can pass that, um, that safety um, place into your soul that you are acceptable just the way you are. So I'm really proud of you for that. Good job, Allison. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Lori, and thank you for sharing those um, th those really powerful things. And I, you know, I think the tendency as parents, or even as leaders, or as people who want to have a great impact on people, is we feel like we can't have an impact if we're imperfect. And I remember at certain points in my youth feeling like, well, my parents are perfect. They've never made any mistakes. There's never been, you know, these bad things that have happened to them. And because of that, I felt a little bit detached from them. I felt yes. like I, I couldn't relate to them. And as a parent now, I found myself doing that when my children were younger. And as I've gotten older, I've wanted to share with them that I'm not perfect and that I, I love myself anyway, and that I've been through hard things. And it, it's not easy because we want to show up in these best and perfect ways. We want to be such a good example for the people around us. But what ends up happening when we show up in our perfection and when we aren't willing to share the imperfections with people, when we show up in our neatness and aren't willing to share the messiness with people is that we actually cause this detachment. We actually cause a distancing. We actually cause this way in which people feel like they can't relate to us because it's through our pain that we really can relate to people. It's through the messiness that they say, yes, I've been there too. And, and if you've come out of that messiness, whether it's as a parent or as a mentor, as a coach, or just as somebody who wants to show up and change the world, it's sharing the messiness and then sharing what you did about it. Which if I may, if I can add to that, Yesterday was messy for me and it was messy for multiple people. And let's kind of pull in what's happening with COVID right now. People are spending a lot more time with one another. The stress is creating chaos in the home and in their business and other areas. There's a lot of confusion that is happening in the world right now. And we're having to do a lot of adapting. And so I want to share something that my husband is a very meek man, but he is filled with wisdom. And so I'm always pulling life experiences from him because I see value in it. So um, we live in a day where the chaos is creating a lot of contention and it's getting us out of our center. And so I asked him last night about baseball. He taught our children baseball for many years through, you know, our local rec department. And he had a rule. He had a rule that as soon as one mistake was made, you held the ball you stopped the play. And he realized that children start to get chaotic and they panic in situations where they want to fix the problem that they may have made. So then they start overthrowing, they start making unwise decisions. Well, yesterday I had multiple things go wrong. I had computer issues over and over again. I was trying to be on this Zoom meeting. I hit my foot. I think I actually broke my toe. My foot is pretty swollen this morning. I had one thing after another that kept happening. Well, I'm an energy worker and I, I know when things are out of balance and things were not in balance yesterday. So I went outside and I stood in the grass 
and I live in a country space and I literally screamed three times, like as loud as I could. I screamed and I just let all of that frustration out. And so then I came in, there are four steps to recovery when you are in major chaos like that. There's four steps. And so I just want to quickly share what that is so that maybe that can be helpful when people are feeling like they're lacking acceptance of themselves. When things start to get that chaotic, you start um, really judging yourself harshly. Why am I not handling this better? Why can't I problem solve this? And you can go into self-sabotage. So yeah, I'm so excited to hear these four steps. Write these down. Uh, we got about a minute till break. So um, you're going to have to share them a little bit quickly. <laughs> yeah, four <laughs> steps to recovery. For, so the first thing is you refrain from what you're doing. You stop. You hold the ball. The second thing is you release. So I went outside. I screamed. I released it. And then I started to breathe. The third thing is you then start to review your situation, consider what your options are. And then the fourth thing is you resume the activity. And if you don't go for, through those four steps, you're more apt to make more mistakes. So I encourage people to, to do the four steps of recovery. It is refrain, release, review, and resume. And that will help them to feel more balanced and they'll make wiser choices. Yeah, and that goes right along with the recognizing and part of being unconditionally self-accepting and, and, and unconditionally accepting of your situation doesn't mean that you don't do anything about it. Right. It doesn't mean that you accept how you're, that, oh, I'm just going to be sad or depressed. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I accept that this is happening. Now, what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. So I love that you share those steps. When we come back, I'm going to be sharing the secret well, it's not going to be a secret after we come back to unconditional self-acceptance. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. And today's topic is all about unconditional self-acceptance. We've talked about unconditional self-acceptance. We've talked about uh, unconditionally accepting other people. We've talked about unconditional acceptance of our situation, which all plays into that unconditional self-acceptance. And I want to share with you the real secret that I found that's allowed me to be able to have deeper connected relationships with others um, as I've unconditionally accepted myself. This is a key that's allowed me to be able to have a greater impact with my business and what I'm doing as a mentor and as a coach and as a leader. And it also has allowed me to be able to call in more abundance into my life. And this is the secret. The secret to unconditional self-acceptance is radical vulnerability and radical honesty. Write that down. Radical vulnerability and radical honesty. In order to be able to unconditionally accept yourself, you need to be completely honest with yourself. You need to be honest about where you are. You need to be honest about what you're struggling with. You need to be honest about the things you're feeling. So often we have a feeling or we have a thought and we label it as a bad feeling or a bad thought. I shouldn't be thinking that about somebody. I shouldn't be feeling this certain way. And then we, we create these excuses, right? Well, you know, I, I'm just going to ignore that, or I'm feeling that way because I'm stressed or instead of observing and just totally being honest with ourselves about how we're feeling, we bury things or we hide things or we put them away. And what ends up happening is then we feel like we have secrets. We feel like there's parts of us that we can't address. We make parts of us wrong rather than unconditionally accepting ourselves. And in my past, this has really cost me a lot. And, and towards the end of my 20-year marriage, I realized that a lot of the reason why this man who I loved for so long and we'd have this beautiful relationship, part of the reason why the relationship wasn't working and was falling apart was because I felt like there were things that I had to hide. There were things I couldn't let him see about me because I felt like I couldn't accept them about myself. So why could he accept them about me? And that that distrust, that feeling of not being totally vulnerable about who I was and totally honest about who I was and what I was feeling created such a discord and disharmony in our relationship that we ended up not being happy. And it got to the point where it felt like it was unrepairable. So just remember to be totally vulnerable and totally honest. Now, this radical honesty, if you want good relationships, also needs to go over into your relationships. I had a friend who texted me the other day and he said, Allison, I really value your opinion. I'm in this great relationship now and I had an ex-girlfriend text me and she wants to get together. And I'm not sure if I should get together with her or not. I'm just not sure. And I said to my friend, I said, here's my piece of advice. Be radically honest. Be radically honest with the person that you're in the partnership with now about this text that you received. Be radically honest about how you're feeling about it and get her advice and then be radically honest with yourself 
about how you feel about the situation. And he texted me back and he said, as I talked to this, this woman that I'm in a relationship with, she was totally fine with me getting together with somebody else. She said, I, t- I trust you. If you feel like you want to get together with her, I'm totally fine with that, which surprised him. He thought she'd have a problem with it. But then he said, when I was radically honest with myself, I felt like I might not be able to trust myself in that situation. And I might do something that could damage the relationship. So I chose to just tell her that I love to be friends on social media and in social situations, but that I didn't feel comfortable meeting privately. And he said it offered him such clarity, allowed him to have a better relationship with the woman he's in now, but also a better relationship with himself. And it allowed him to just unconditionally accept, hey, this is where I am. And it's not a bad thing. It's just where I am. And I'm going to accept that about myself. I'm going to have this unconditional self-acceptance. And so I don't put myself in a situation that's bad. Now, I've had this a similar situation happen in my life. And I have not been radically honest with myself. I've said to myself, well, you know, I probably, probably nothing's going to happen. I think, you know, I'm strong enough. And I put myself in a situation where I've compromised that, where I've compromised my deepest relationship and compromised my relationship with myself because I wasn't radically honest with myself. I wasn't radically honest about where I was. So we got this question before break. It says, speaking of relationships, how can you tell when it's time to move on from a relationship or that it can still be repaired? So this is a really great question. This goes right along with this idea of unconditional self-acceptance and situations. And Lori was talking before break about um, how you can be in a situation and you can, and I would also add, you can unconditionally accept a person, but that doesn't have mean that you have to stay in a situation that's not good for you. Or that just because you're unconditionally accepting someone, it doesn't mean that you have to unconditionally accept that that's the person that you get to be with, right? So my advice in this is how to tell when it's time to move on from a relationship or that it can still be repaired is number one, do you feel like you can be radically vulnerable and do you feel like you can be radically honest with that person? If you aren't being radically vulnerable with them and if you aren't being radically honest with them, then check in with yourself. And here's the conclusion that I have come to in my relationships. And this is where I am right now. If I feel like I can't be radically honest with somebody, ask myself why. And then I get the courage to be radically vulnerable and radically honest with them. And if in my radical vulnerability and radical, radical honesty with them, we still can't come to a place where things are congruent, then I consider, well, maybe now it's time to move on. But usually in a relationship, It's that you are not, you feel like for some reason you can't be radically honest or radically vulnerable. So um, just ask yourself those two questions and then ask yourself how the relationship might be different if you felt like you could be radically vulnerable and honest with them. Lori, we only have a few minutes, but I would love to hear your advice on this question as well. You'll have to unmute yourself, Lori, you're muted. Thank you for giving me a chance to address this. I had a client. She was young. She was in her 20s. Um, Her husband was a bit older than she was. She was about seven months pregnant, and this was his second marriage. And she had pretty much emotionally detached from her husband, and she was ready to move on. He felt that um, it was salvageable. But when I had the two of them come together, her mind was absolutely made up that this was no, um, there was no chance for recourse. And so 
what I realized in that experience is it wasn't about me trying to change her mind. It was about making sure that both of them, because I'm an advocate for families, that both of them needed to be very clear about this radical honesty situation you're talking about. She had to have someone help her have a voice to really help him understand how some of the things he's been doing were harming her. And he needed to really understand her perspective and vice versa. And so I was able to mediate that and make sure their communication was clear. It was in a safe manner. Nobody felt judged or condemned for what they had done or what they were feeling. And that marriage was saved and they are doing well. And so sometimes when you're not sure if you should save, if you should continue to work on saving it, and if you feel like it's unsalvageable, you might want to get another opinion, a mediator, someone who's not going to guilt you into staying together, just someone who can help make sure that communication is clear so you can make a wise choice. So whenever I see them and I see that they had come to a pass where she was, she had already decided this was not fixable, but it was it was fixable. So don't give up hope until you've used all of what your options might be available. And I would love to help anyone out there who might be in a situation trying to decide. I'm very good at that. Mm, thank you so much, Lori. I really appreciate that. And um, if, if people want to reach out to you for help, how can they get a hold of you? Yes, I'd love that. Go to my website, wholefamilymentoring.com, or just directly email me, wholefamilymentoring at gmail.com. I'm a very safe, understanding resource and I'd love to help fortify them any way I can. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. And uh, just to wrap up our conversation about total unconditional self-acceptance, there are three different components to unconditional self-acceptance. Number one, unconditional acceptance of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so this unconditional self-acceptance comes through radical vulnerability and radical honesty, both with yourself and others. Number two, unconditional acceptance of the situation that you're in unconditional acceptance of the situation that you're in knowing that you are in the situation you're in right now because that is the perfect growth opportunity for you because that's what you've chosen to create in your life and that's perfect and that's okay number three it doesn't mean okay number two with this the unconditional acceptance of your situation it doesn't mean that you don't do something about it when you recognize that something's going wrong, but it means that you don't beat yourself up about where you are. You move forward and you say, this is the perfect growth opportunity. Now, what am I going to do about it? Like Lori shared about her bad day yesterday. It was like, okay, I'm accepting that this is happening for a reason. Now, what am I going to do about it? And then number three, number three is unconditional acceptance of other people. And this also comes through total and radical vulnerability and radical also honesty. Lori shared an experience about where she got to open up to her kids, being radically honest about some of the things that she's gone through. For me, it's being radically vulnerable with my partner, radically honest with my clients, just saying, here's where I am. It's not hiding anything and trying to be, pretend to be something that I'm not. It's being radically vulnerable and radically honest. That's how you grow relationships. That's how you're going to impact the world and your business. That's how you're going to be able to find this happiness and success and health inside yourself. And then finally, for those of you that feel called, Lori's offered her information, I'd like to also offer mine. Uh, a week from tomorrow, I'm going to be doing a soul intuition workshop. 
It's teaching you how to tap into your intuition. It's teaching you about how to find those parts of you and accept those parts of you and listen to that inner guidance. And I found that when that intuition and self-acceptance go hand in hand, because when you're able to have this self-acceptance for who you are, you're able to find the answers that you're looking for right inside of you. So if you want to uh, come to that workshop, please email me at Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at soulintuition.com. That's Allison at soulintuition.com. Thank you so much for being on the show. Not only thank you to you for the time that you spent, but thank you on behalf of your clients, of your family, of your friends, and for all those people in your life who are going to be blessed because of the choice you made to come. Thank you. Until next week, I'm Allison. for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.